0: What's up, nerds? I'm Radio Matt, the new host of LTN Radio's 80s Nights. Every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, when I bring you a playlist of some of our favorite Christian and mainstream classics from the 80s. And you also get to spend some time with me as I share with you some good old 80s nostalgia. Here's what we talked about this past week we're going to talk about the Rubik's Cube. Now, Emo Rubik started making this thing in 1970. And he applied for a patent for this in Hungary. And uh, it was called the Magic Cube. And the patent was granted in 1976. The first test test batches of the Magic Cube were produced in late 1977 and released in Budapest toy shops. The Magic Cube was held together. By uh, interlocking plastic pieces that prevent the puzzle from being pulled apart, uh, which is very similar to how they're still made today. With uh, Rubik's permission, there was a businessman named Tibor Loxi, who took the Cube to Germany's Nuremberg Toy Fair in February of 1979 in an attempt to popularize it there as well. And get notice it did, they signed a deal with Ideal Toys in September of 1979 to release the Magic Cube worldwide. Ideal wanted... Uh, at least a recognizable name to trademark. And that arrangement put Rubik in the spotlight because the Magic Cube was renamed after its inventor in 1980. And this happened after they put a, a halt to production over in Hungary and, and, you know, in that area, because they needed to ramp up production for America and for the Western half of the world. And so during that time in the progress that the, the Cube took to get to toy shelves, uh, they, they made it a little bit lighter. Uh, And they also decided to rename it. Now, they considered the name the Gordian Knot and Inca Gold. But finally, they decided, like I said, to name it after the creator. They landed on Rubik's Cube, and the first batch was exported from Hungary in May of 1980. Now, initial sales were modest, but Ideal began a TV ad campaign in the middle of the year and uh, supplemented it with a newspaper ad campaign. And by the end of 1980, Rubik's Cube won a German Game of the Year special award and similar awards for best toy in UK, France, and the US. By 1981, Rubik's Cube had become a craze. And it is estimated that in the period from 1980 to 1983, around 200 million Rubik's Cubes were sold worldwide. And if you didn't already know, the, the whole speed cubing thing that still goes on today started in March of 1981. Like this was something on people's minds almost right away. A speed cubing championship was organized by the Guinness Book of World Records that very year. Now, speed cubing is the practice of trying to solve a Rubik's Cube in the shortest time possible. And there are a number of speed cubing competitions that take place all around the world. But the first one was organized by the Guinness Book of World Records in Munich on the 13th of March in 1981. The contest used standardized scrambling and fixed inspection times, and the winners were Ronald Brinkman and Jury Froskel with times of 38.0 seconds. The first world championship was the 1982 World Rubik's Cube Championship held in Budapest on June 5th of 1982, and that was won by Minh Thai, a Vietnamese student from Los Angeles, with a time of 22.95 seconds. That's a big leap since 2003, the winner of a competition is determined by taking the average time of the middle of three of five attempts. However, the single best time of all tries is also recorded. The World Cube Association maintains a history of world records. And in 2004, they made it mandatory to use a special timing device called a StackMat timer. In addition to the standard, uh, you know, solve the cube as fast as you can method, there's also several other categories that you can compete in, including blindfolded solving, multiple blindfolded solving or multi-blind in which the contestant solves any number of cubes blindfolded in a row, solving the cube using a single hand or one-handed solving, and solving the cube in as fewest possible moves. I don't understand. How do do you do the blindfolded thing? I don't understand. Blindfolding solve it. the contestant first studies the scrambled cube, looking at it normally with no blindfold, and is then blindfolded before beginning to turn the cube's faces. Their recorded time for this event includes both the time spent memorizing the cube and the time spent manipulating it. Like, imagine the photographic memory you have to have to be able to memorize all six sides and know exactly where you gotta do and what you gotta move to get it there and still do it in like, you know, 10 seconds or however long. So here are the current competition records. Uh, The best single time, the world record time for solving a three by three by three Rubik's Cube is 3.47 seconds. That's, That's less than a tenth of what the original record time was. It's held by Du Yasheng of China. Uh, he set that on November 24th, 2018 at the WooHoo Open. Uh, the average time the world's record average for the middle three of five solve times, which is how they establish a champion these days, uh, it excludes the fastest and the slowest time. Uh, that is 5.09 seconds, and that's set by Tymon Kalinski of Poland at the Cubers Eve Labarto 2021. The best one-handed solving is uh, 6.82 seconds, set by Max Park of the United States in uh, October of 2019. The fastest blindfolded solve is fourteen sec- 14.67 seconds, rather. Uh, that includes the time spent memorizing the cube itself. Set by Tommy Cherry of the United States last December uh, at Florida Fall 2021. And currently multiple blindfolded solving, the world record is solving 59 out of 60 cubes set by Graham Siggins of the United States in uh, November of 2019 at the OSU Blind Weekend 2019. He inspected 60 cubes, then donned a blindfold and solved successfully 59 of them under an hour. I don't know if y'all heard me. He had to memorize 60 cubes before putting the blindfold on, and then he didn't get to look at them ever again. And he got 59 out of 60 correct. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I've got a few fun facts I want to share with you about the Rubik's Cube. First of all, let's talk about the most expensive Rubik's Cube ever. It's called the Masterpiece Cube, and it was created and designed in 1995 for the 15th anniversary of the iconic toy. It was created by Fred Kohler along with Diamond Cutters International, and it's worth at the time, was $2.5 million. It is a gold-plated Rubik's Cube that uses precious gems and stones as the color bases inside each little golden square. It's quite... Uh, Well, it's gaudy. I'm going to say it's beautiful, but it's gaudy. (laughs) The first ever guide to solving the Rubik's Cube was actually created by a 13-year-old. In the initial days of Rubik's Cube's release, 13-year-old boy Patrick Bossert had published a book called You Can Do the Cube in 1981. That's right. It hadn't even been a year. The guide sold over 1.5 million copies. And it becomes such a universal bestseller, it's still available for purchase today. And uh, we talked about a lot of world records set, you know, by people that are solving these cubes, but, uh, well, you know, robots, robots got our number, man. A robot named Sub1 solved the Rubik's Cube in 0.887 seconds, under one second. It used two webcams to capture the arrangement of the sides and then calculated the solution um, as this uh, microcontroller board applied the 20 steps needed. The multi-cuber 999 robot received a Guinness World Record for solving 9x9x9 cubes, which we, we didn't even get into these ridiculously sized Rubik's cubes that are out there. Uh, I stick to the 2x2. Two two. I mean, that's, the, that's, that's my speed. And lastly here, the Rubik's Cube was the best-selling toy in Walmart in 2015 with over $111 million worth of retail sales. I said dollars. I said $111 million in 2015, like 35 years after it first came to retail stores. That's crazy. And that really shows just how big of a pop culture phenomenon the Rubik's Cube has been. It has remained relatively unchanged for decades and it is still a relatively popular item in fact it's one of the only items that you'll routinely see in movies and tv shows that's not referred to as some sort of 80s relic but is actually seen as something that's still popular today because it is and that's crazy that's like pulling out a tamagotchi and not being immediately reminded it's from the 90s that it's impossible to happen But this craze has continued on year after year after year. And that's just nuts. Mr. Emo Rubik, you have done something special. You have created a toy that has stood the test of time and is showing no sign of stopping anytime soon. Now that you're all caught up on what you missed last week, make sure that you join me this Thursday night at 6 p.m. Eastern Time for the next edition of 80s Night, only on LTN Radio.